This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. Well, I hope those songs lifted your heart like they lifted mine, and we uh, can face tomorrow because he lives. And our theme this year is hope is here. And there's a lot of things in the grocery store that are lacking, whether it's toilet paper or disinfectant wipes or something along those lines that we've all been uh, wanting to get our hands on. Uh, But there's something else more important than all of that that's been a little bit in short supply, and it is hope. And so I just wanted to say this morning that hope is here because uh, Jesus is alive and we're going to be studying 1 Peter 1. And so I want you to get your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter 1 and we are going to be studying the first nine verses. And I want to tell you a little bit about this passage because Peter was writing to a group of people. He was a fisherman. He had been through his share, a fair share of storms. He knew what it was like to be alone in troubled waters. And he's writing to a group of people who are going through an incredibly difficult time in the Roman Empire, first century. And he says this, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. He was writing to a group of people that were scattered. Now, the word apostle here, he describes himself as apostle. That's a messenger, someone who walked and talked with Jesus. But the word scattered is this Greek word diaspora. It means to disperse because of difficulty. You know, that's where we're at right now. We're so thankful that you've joined us on our online experience. But we are dispersed because of this frustrating uh, disease called COVID-19. And there's been a lot of things that have increased. Frustration has increased as moms are, uh, you know, trying to homeschool their children. Uh, Concern has increased and multiplied because of uh, the news and and, and everything that we're facing. Loneliness and helplessness uh, has begun to increase and multiply as a result of everything uh, that we're facing. But in verse number two, he says this. He says, after he talks about being chosen uh, by God for this purpose and, and because of the grace of God and, and, and the, the cross, he says this. He says, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Grace be unto you and peace be multiplied. Let me just tell you something. That when you understand the grace of God, there is a wonderful existence of peace that comes into your heart and into your life. Grace in the midst of grief and peace in the midst of panic can come. And so I hope that today your hope will be multiplied because of what God is able to do in you. Now, before we begin, let me give you a key thought just to think about this morning. Hope can be multiplied regardless of what is happening around you because of what is happening within you. Regardless of what we face in the next month, and honestly, no one knows but God what we'll be facing the next month, we can have the hope that is steadfast and sure because 
of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. Now, there are three truths about hope in troubled times from this passage. And I want to give these to you. That hope is alive, that hope is here, and hope can be yours. Let's look at hope is alive in verse number three. Because he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord uh, and Savior Jesus Christ, according to the abundant mercy that he hath begotten us. He's chosen us. He's, he's, he's brought us into this new relationship through a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are celebrating the resurrection, but it is the resurrection that gives us a reason for hope. Hope is alive because Jesus is alive. And if Jesus was not alive, there would be no reason for hope. There would be no reason to live. Now, some of you are probably asking the question, how does Jesus's resurrection give me hope? And the answer is that his resurrection is, is that uh, one moment in time where God ripped open the heavens and poured out his grace upon man. You see, in order to understand his resurrection, we must understand his death. And Jesus died. And when he died, everything wrong in the world died with him. But when Jesus rose again on the third day, everything right with the world came alive with Jesus again. Now, let me give you this wonderful passage that was written 550 years before Peter penned uh, the, the wonderful book of 1 Peter. And it is Isaiah 53, verse number 3. It says that he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Some of you are grieving during this difficult time because you maybe have a, a friend who was laid off or a friend who's gotten sick or a family member uh, who's passed away. Let me just encourage you that he is acquainted with your grief. He was, uh, he was hid, as it were, uh, from our faces and, and he was despised and, and, and we esteemed him not. As, as a mankind, we esteemed him not. Surely uh, he hath borne our griefs. He hath carried our sorrows. We did not uh, steam him stricken, smitten of God, uh, afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. You know, the stripes that were laid on him on the cross was for you and was for me. He was beaten so that I could be blessed. He was rejected so I could be accepted. He was hung on a cross without hope so that you and I could have hope. And so this is why 1 Peter 1.8 says, Whom not having not seen, ye love. In whom, though uh, now we see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Why? Because God... Uh, sent his son to die in that horrific way? No, because he didn't stay dead. And that lively hope that's mentioned in verse number three, the word lively is the word zeo. It means to resurrect something, to give it life again, to bring back to a greater value something that is lacking. And on the cross, Jesus was lacking uh, the, the interaction with God and he was isolated and alone and, and, and everything was turned dark 
But on that day when he came out of the grave, everything came alive again. And here's a key thought from this point about Jesus is alive that I want you to think about. That every reason to live came alive when Jesus came back to life. Because through grace, God told guilt to stay in the grave. And the hope that's mentioned, the lively hope that's mentioned in verse number three of 1 Peter 1, is this word, el peace, it literally means a confident expectation. It means to, to, to be able to rely on something, to be able to expect something that has certainty. Now, if we're going to have hope, it needs to be reliable. And if we're going to have hope in someone, that someone needs to be reliable. And the most reliable person to ever walk the face of the planet was the person of Jesus Christ. Has anyone ever let you down? Has anyone ever disappointed you? I remember when Danielle and I were dating, I, I really wanted to pick the perfect moment uh, to pop the question and ask her to marry me. And I was nervous and man, I was trying to plan everything out. And I told uh, her family what we were doing. They were excited. I said, please keep it a secret. And they promised they would. And I told them to be at a certain beach uh, at a certain time. And, and, uh, and I was going to get there about an hour early. We we're going to walk on the beach. And this was uh, every, the whole night was just going perfectly. When we pulled into the parking lot of that beach, I, uh, she, she saw a car that she recognized. It was her family's car. Uh, she noticed a, a, a man. She's like, why is my dad here? And uh, the, the secret was out of the bag. Uh, he had shown up about an hour and a half early. It was a little bit disappointing. And let me just tell you something. That's life. Uh, uh, people uh, will disappoint us from time to time. But, you know, I'm so glad that the Bible does not shy away from people's disappointment. In fact, on the morning that we're worshiping uh, our Savior's resurrection, the morning he came back to life out of the grave, John 20 tells us this, that the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early. It was yet dark, and they came unto the sepulcher, and seeing the stone taken away from the sepulcher, uh, they, they, they came running, uh, and, and they came to Simon Peter and, and the other disciple, which was uh, John, and, 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 and they came running to them. And in verse number uh, three of, of John chapter 20, uh, Peter came to the sepulcher to see for himself. In fact, they ran there to see this and, and they ran, but then they were disappointed. Why were they disappointed? Because he wasn't there. They ran, they were disappointed and actually, then they wept. And the Bible talks, and talks about John 20 as, as a disappointment. They, they, they didn't even expect the fact that he would be alive. They were disappointed. And, and here, Jesus had risen again from the grave, and, and yet they were disappointed. You see, their, their hope was in the, the, the fact that everything would go the way they had planned it to go. But it didn't. You know, the writer of Hebrews says this, that we have a hope that, that we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, that uh, entereth in uh, within the veil. Whether the forerunner is entered for us, let me just say this, that the forerunner is Jesus Christ. And, and when we have disappointment and when we have something that, that looks like a setback, there needs to be one thing that we're looking at, and that is, where is Jesus in this? In this crisis that we're going through, that's the one thing that can give us hope. 
How is God working and what is Jesus doing in my life? A lot of times we're asking the question, uh, what's going to happen next? And instead of asking what is, is going to happen next, a lot of times we need to be asking what is God going to do next? Instead of asking what is waiting for us, often we should be asking who is waiting for us? See, Jesus can resurrect any hope because he is alive. And the greatest level of disappointment and the greatest level of hopelessness can be resurrected by the fact that he is alive. You see, hope is alive because Jesus is alive. And hope is possible because Jesus is dependable. But not only is hope alive, but hope is here right now. In 2020, hope is alive. And I want, I want you to see this in verse number four of First Peter 1. It says, To an inheritance incorruptible, and undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. You see, hope isn't just dependable in Jesus because he's the only one who died and then uh, came to life, but hope is available. Hope is available because of this inheritance that has been given to us by God. Now, when we talk about this inheritance, what is the inheritance that's mentioned in verse number four? And I really believe that it's looking and feeling and being more like Jesus. And so we ask ourselves, well, how can I look and feel and be more like Jesus? And the reality is, it's going to take difficulty because we live in a fallen world. Uh, last week, we talked about the fact that this virus and everything was not God's original design. But God gave Jesus so that we would have heaven down here on earth. And when we accept Jesus as our Savior, what happens is we receive an inheritance, an inheritance that will not be taken away. An inheritance means you have a stake in a family, the fact that you are promised something. And there is a promise that is given to everyone who receives Jesus as their Savior. In fact, John 1 in verse number 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. You can be a son or a daughter of God by receiving him as your Savior. When you do that, you enter into a relationship with Jesus and you start to be formed and molded back into God's original design. How does this happen? Well, really through trials and difficulty. You see in verse number six of 1 Peter 1, it says, wherewith you greatly rejoice, Though now for a season, by the way, we're in just a season. God's going to bring us through this season. But for a season, if need be, Peter's talking to the first century Christians who were going through great difficulty. Remember, they were scattered. But he says, if need be, we are in heaviness through manifold temptations. The word temptation just means examination. It means to test or to see what has been learned. Uh, but I want you to see verse number seven, because verse number seven says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, uh, though it be tried with fire, 
might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, just as Jesus came back to life, Jesus is coming again. And the key thought from this point is that hope needs the reassurance of something better, something that's coming, but it also needs the reassurance of help now, that, that hope is available right now. And mainline religion says, well, if you are good, maybe one day you'll be rewarded. And Eastern religions say, well, if you seek a greater level of enlightenment, then you'll be rewarded with inner peace. And most Middle Eastern religions say that God is watching you and, and, and based on what you do, he will reward you. But only Jesus gives the promise of new life and it can be rewarded right now to all those who believe. You see, when Jesus came to earth, everything good that was in heaven came with him. And he went about doing good, the Bible says. And everywhere he went, he healed the sickness that was not God's original design. And he even raised people back from the dead because uh, the, the, the life just emanated from him and people touched his garment and virtue went out from him. And everything that, that he touched was heaven coming down to earth. And, 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 and oftentimes we feel like we can uh, try to achieve that goodness or try to achieve that, that power. But let me just tell you something. We do not achieve the goodness uh, from heaven uh, based on what we have done, but we receive that goodness goodness as a gift of grace from Jesus for what he has done for us. You see that fateful morning uh, is described by Luke, who was a historian, who was a medical doctor. And Luke says this in Luke chapter 24 and verse number one, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing spices which they had prepared. You see, I don't know if they believed he would come back from the dead or not, even though he had promised he would, but they came just doing what they needed to do to respectfully give him a burial. And verse number two says, they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Verse four says they were perplexed. Verse five says that they were afraid. And then they saw angels and they said, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you. And, and, and the angels wanted to point them back to the words of God. In a crisis like this, I want to point you back to the words of God. In fact, in verse number eight, something clicked. And the the woman the, the the women that came to anoint Jesus' body and and found that he was not there, they remembered what Jesus had said about the resurrection. They remembered that he said, "I will never leave you or nor forsake you." They 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 remembered that he said, "Let not your heart be troubled." I believe you believe in God. Believe also in me. I go to prepare a place for you. Uh, that where I go, there you may come also. And let me just tell you something: that he didn't just tell them uh, that he was coming back and that he was going to make a way for them to come, but he was telling them that he was the way. He was the truth. He was the life. You see, the very uh, breath and life that they had received had been given them by Jesus. And Jesus had come back to life to solidify our salvation, to solidify the gift of grace on the cross. But oftentimes we miss the promise that's currently ours. We miss the fact that God can make all things new. I heard about uh, a flower shop that sent uh, some flowers to a man who had just opened up a new location for his business. 
And there were people who couldn't come to his grand opening, and so they sent flowers. And one of the bouquets that came congratulating him uh, on this new location, uh, it, it came, but it had gotten switched up with someone who, uh, who, who was having a funeral. And so he received this bouquet of flowers that said, may you rest in peace. He was a little perturbed by that. And so he called the flower, the florist, and he said this. He said, why would you send something that says, will you rest in peace? Did you mess up the order? And, and, and the florist, man, she felt so bad. She said, I I'm so sorry, sir. And she was just trying to latch on to anything positive to say. But she said, you know, there is one good thing that uh, the person at the funeral who received your bouquet of flowers that person received a bouquet of flowers that said, congratulations on your new location. And let me just say something that all of us can, can have that uh, phrase attached to our life. Congratulations on your new location. If you receive the gift of eternal life, you see one day we will receive a physical new location. That's heaven. But right now today, you can become a new spiritual location for the Holy Spirit. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 talks about this, that if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, hope is here right now, and it's here to stay. The fact that hope is alive, it's reliable. The fact that hope is here, it's available. But can I tell you number three and finally today, hope is yours. Hope is yours. And in verse number five, it says this, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. Verse nine, he continues. And in 1 Peter 1, 9, he says, receiving the end of your faith. That's when we see Christ, the end of our faith. Our faith is being made sight even the salvation of your souls. The word salvation is the word soteria. It means to have complete deliverance. So here's the key thought, that hope is made attainable through the power of God's unfailing grace. Hope is not just here. Hope is not just alive, but hope can be yours. You know, a lot of people have used the acrostic for hope. Hold on, pain ends. I've seen that a lot on social media recently, like, hey, this time's gonna end, just hold on, hold on. And I just wanna tell you that even if this is a lot longer and a lot worse than we think, that a greater acrostic for hope is hold on to a person over an experience. And here's the takeaway from the message today, that when we hold on to a person over an experience, we receive the gift that Jesus gives that will never disappoint. You see, Peter was pretty disappointed in his experience after Jesus died. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're like the writer of 1 Peter. Maybe you're a little bit disappointed. Maybe you've had an experience that has left you feeling a, a, a little bit uh, distasteful, maybe even toward church, maybe even toward God. Maybe you've had a, a, an experience recently of losing a job or, or, or something that just you, you were really disappointed about. And I want you to know that people in the Bible felt the exact same way. Peter felt the exact same way. And, and, and Peter was the one uh, who, who was uh, told uh, that by the angels uh, to go seek the resurrected Savior. In fact, everyone uh, in the Gospels is told by the angels, go talk to Peter. 
Mark 16, 6, it says, go tell Peter and the disciples. Mark 16, 7, they went and told Peter and the disciples. Why is it specifically mentioning Peter over and over in all four gospels? Why is Peter mentioned? Because Peter was the only one who was reprimanded more than anyone else. Peter was the one who cursed the name of Jesus and denied him three times. Peter was the one that turned his back on the disciples out of guilt and went fishing. And, and, and Jesus wanted everyone to know, Peter, I want you to know there's hope for you. That hope can be yours, Peter. That regardless of what you've done, Peter, hope can be yours. You see, Peter was so focused on feeling uh, dejected and, and ashamed in the experience of his failure that he forgot the faith that he had placed, not in himself, but in the person, the Son of the living God. You see, Matthew 16, 16, he gave that confession. He was the first person to confess Jesus as Lord. And in verse number 17, uh, he says, blessed art thou, Jesus said, Simon Bar-Jonah, uh, you, you're the son of Jonah, Simon Bar-Jonah, but flesh and blood, your father, uh, your earthly father did not reveal this unto you. But in verse number 18, he said, thou art Peter. He actually changes his name. Peter means little rock. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And do you know what he said after that? He made a promise to Peter. And he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He said, I will give you the keys. And he said, whatever's bound on heaven in, in heaven is bound on earth. And whatever's loose is loose in heaven. Let me just tell you something. I want you kids to go get your, your, your parents' keys. Go get a set of keys and lift up those keys because when he gave Peter the keys, he was giving him the access and authority to the kingdom. When we think of keys, they give us access to things. They, they show that we have the authority to access uh, that. And let me tell you something, that the hope that God gives through the resurrection gives us access to a relationship with God himself. I heard about an elderly uh, woman who was really afraid. Uh, she really wanted to, uh, to have uh, her, her uh, belongings kept safe and she, she kept checking her locks and, and really she was paranoid for about five months. And then finally her, her grandson said, you know, uh, grandma, you, you can't live this way. I've got to teach you how not to be afraid. And so she went through some self-defense classes and she started learning how to how to protect herself. And, and, and she said, man, this is good. I'm feeling more confident. And, and, and if someone tries to do something one day, I'm not going to be afraid. So one day it was, a, it was about dark and she was walking out to her car from the grocery store. And she noticed there were two men in the back of her car. And she started getting a little afraid, but she remembered the training that she received. She walked up to the back of that car and she uh, pounded on the back and she said, get out, get out. And she opened up the driver's door and she told them to get out. Man, they got out in a hurry and she sat down so proud of herself and she took that key and she put it into the ignition and it didn't work. And she looked over to the right and she noticed she was in the wrong car. Now, now be honest with me, okay? How, how many how many of you have ever tried to get into someone else's car because you thought it was yours? I think a lot of us have. Let me just tell you something. The fact is that that key that you have for your car only works in your car. You see, the, the, the experience that we want for hope in ourselves, that doesn't work 
It'll only, it'll only lead to frustration and embarrassment. You see, she had tried to access the wrong car. And the hope that we have in Jesus is the key to understanding the experience that we can have. See, hope in Jesus is the only thing that will carry you through a time like this. And there are many religions that say that we have the key to happiness and eternal life, but there is only one key that works, and it is faith in Jesus Christ. You see, why is he the only one? Because he lived the life that we were made to live, and he died the death that we deserve to die, but, but he didn't stay dead. How many are so thankful he didn't stay dead? That is what our hope is. It's hope in a person who is alive, and it's hope in someone who loves you and who wants a relationship with you. Do you want a relationship with your Creator? Well, the only way to open the door to relationship with Him is by believing that Jesus died and rose again for your salvation, the salvation of your soul. Hope is alive. Because Jesus is alive. Hope is here and hope can be yours. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would please help those who are watching this. Lord, I pray that you'll help them to understand that the key to having a relationship with you is found in the death, burial, and resurrection of your son. Father, we thank you that we can have this day to celebrate the resurrection of your son. God, thank you for those that are watching this. I pray that they would please know that you love them. Help them to, to, to have a peace and a hope that is steadfast and sure. Help them not to give way to fear and to anxiety. And, and as I continue in prayer, I, I hope that you'll just meditate for a second on the message today because, you know, if we don't ever do anything from what the Bible says, it's really pointless. I want to give you an opportunity sitting at home, maybe you're watching this later, and, and you've never received Christ as your Savior. Maybe you're trying the key of good works in the ignition of eternal life, in the ignition of a relationship with God, and it's just not working. Uh, maybe you, you, you think, well, I don't, there's no hope for me. The, the things I've done, have, has dis, they've disqualified me from receiving the gift of grace. And let me just tell you that no one is outside the reach of the cross. I want to encourage you to receive the gift of eternal life. And you can do that, not, not, not in a prayer, but, but in believing that Jesus is the only way to heaven, the only way to relationship with God. I would encourage you, though, to, to, to make that official by asking him, you know, Romans 10, 13 says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I would encourage you to receive Christ into your heart right now. I'm gonna lead you into prayer. And a lot of times people say, what do I say? Well, you just call out to God. You can call out in your own words. I would encourage you to do that. If not, I would encourage you to say something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I know that I have broken more than one of your rules. But Lord, I know that you came to die for my sin. And I believe that you rose again from the grave to re so that I could receive eternal life and forgiveness for my sin. So today I place my faith in you alone. I trust in you right now to save me of my sin and give me a permanent home in heaven. 
Come in and dwell me now. Help me as I now have a relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe that if you prayed that, you meant that in your heart, I believe that you now have a relationship with your Creator. That now, the fact that Jesus died and rose again, it's not just a head knowledge. Now this is a heart knowledge. This is something that you can live the rest of your life saying that I have a hope that is steadfast and sure. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.